Hi, my name is Bill Cumby. I'm a teacher at uh, First Church Ministries, and we have um, just finished the book of Ephesians, and we're going to be looking into the book of Genesis now. Um, the key verse for Genesis, uh, you may actually say for all of Scripture in a lot of ways, is, uh, is shown here, and it's uh, basically uh, Genesis 1, 26 through uh, 28. Then God said, Let us make man in our own image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. And God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So this is a, the key verse, obviously, in Genesis 1 that we're going to be covering today. But, but really, this is a key verse of all of Scripture. Um, it does not reveal uh, Christ and, and the necessity of Christ to have died for our sins and, and to save us from our sins. But this is, talks about God's original intent in creating mankind, uh, an intent that's uh, recovered in Christ. And, and so uh, it, it was lost by man's doing uh, at the fall, but it was recovered in Christ uh, by Christ being the new Adam. This one is talking about creation. So today we're going to talk about chapter 1 um, uh, of Genesis. Now Genesis uh, is the first book of the Bible, and it's also the first of uh, a five series of books called the Pentateuch. And that's the first five books of the Jewish Bible. So. The Jewish Bible is exactly identical to the um, Old Testament, Christian Old Testament, uh, except it's organized differently. But in both cases, the Pentateuch comes first, the fi first five books of the law that were given, that, and that's what it's called, the law, the Pentateuch, the law. And uh, Pentateuch means five, five books, five scrolls. And uh, they were given in Mount Sinai. Uh, when the, the uh, Israelites had left Egypt and gone to Mount Sinai, God gave them um, the, the Pentateuch and, uh, and the Ten Commandments and everything else. So uh, these books uh, have traditionally been ascribed to Moses. We have no reason to suspect that they are otherwise. Uh, again, you'll, see, you'll get some liberal scholars, uh, Christian and Jewish scholars, that will say these books, a lot of these were actually not composed, or the Pentateuch was not composed until after the captivity, which would have been about 400 B.C., but really, there's no real strong argument for that, and antiquity is, is, is attested to and preserved these as, as books that were probably written about uh, 1250 to 1400 BC. That's when the Israelites left uh, Egypt. <clears throat> the word Genesis means uh, beginnings. Books chronicles a lot of beginnings, the beginning of space and time, the formation and furnishing of the world, and that's a very deliberate uh, word choice there, formation and, forma and furnishing of the word, world, excuse me, and the creation of animals and the creation of mankind. It also has other beginnings, the first disobedience of mankind, the first children born to mankind, first destruction of the world by flood, uh, the uh, institution of government, first choosing of a nation, Israel, uh, to carry on uh, God's plan for redemption after the fall. Uh, so it, 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 there's a lot in Genesis. It's, a, it's one of the longer books of the Bible. I don't believe it is the longest. I think Isaiah, uh, or actually Psalms is, but, but Isaiah is probably second and Genesis is probably third. Um, it, it covers a lot of material, and it covers it in the form of stories 
which does not mean that it's not true. Just because the there is a story does not mean the story is not true. Sometimes we tend to think when you hear the word story that it's something that's not, you know, it's a myth or, or, or a legend or just some, some kind of something made up, some fiction. But there, there, is, there are stories in Genesis. They're true stories. Um, and one of the things you're going to, you've probably been confronted with because this is very common in the world, is to say, oh, Genesis, story of creation, there's two stories in there and they conflict with one another, chapter one and two, which is not true at all. Uh, and they'll say, oh, and it's like a lot of other creation stories. All, everybody has creation stories. They're all about the same. Uh, th this is just myth. And, there's, this is, and, and people who try to make this a scientific description are, are wrong. This, doesn't, this has no uh, connection with science or anything else. So, so let me talk a little about that right now. So there's a lot of stories of creation. If you, if you actually go and, and um, Google creation myths, Wikipedia will kindly show you a hundred different myths, uh, about a hundred that you can link to and go into. I did not go into all those. I did go into a sampling of them and I did uh, also talk, and there's another slide I want to talk about some other creation stories where there's a top 10 of creation stories that are the most interesting. Um, and it, it is written by uh, someone who's, who's uh, a scientist who's not, um, he's not favorable towards Christianity or Judaism. Um, and so we make it, uh, the, the creation story of Genesis makes it in there unfavorably. So, um, but, but we don't make the top of the top of the list. Um, so I, I want to talk about that, though, because there's some, the creation stories are quite a bit different in, in um, uh, in the uh, in those lists, there's some differences in Genesis that you won't find in any others. Let me just go really quickly into a couple. Th this article, uh, top ten intelligent design or creation myths. Okay, so so he's talking about this guy wrote this story, Anthony uh, Dugum Cabrera and Chow, and you can get that link there and go there. And I just took a couple of uh, clips out of here: the the Greek creation myth and the Hindu creation story. And um, you, you get, you get um, um, this gets very degrading and sexual, uh, the Greek one does. Uh, the Hindu cosmology, um, that, uh, the Urdu's Vedic text tells of a gigantic being, Purusha, possessing a thousand heads and eyes, and he enveloped Earth, extending beyond space of ten fingers. And when the god sacrificed Purusha, his body produced clarified butter, which engendered bird and animal. So, those are the creation stories that they're saying are all about the same as, as Genesis, and they're not. Okay? They, these are stories of gods fighting with one another and parts, body parts falling off and becoming things, and it, it's just, it, they're myths. They're obviously just fanciful stories, and, 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 and those are what creation myths are. Um, that is not Genesis. Genesis is a very organized, Genesis is a very organized order to count about how God created things. Let me tell you some differences in these creation, from these creation stories. One is that only Genesis has two different perspectives on creation. Okay, the day one, the, there's Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 that talk about different aspects of creation that complement one another. Okay, there, there are descriptions that, that are meant to enhance one another and, and give you a fuller picture and so there's other ones don't do that. It's, it's just a story, and you know it's a story, and 
you know, it, um, and then the other one is that this is a very straightforward, logical, meaningful, and coherent account. You will find that this is well organized. This is not just some story about some god who did this and the other gods and you know, did and on and on and on and just chaos didn't happen. This is a very organized, orderly telling of creation. Um, it discusses all parts of creation. It discusses the creation of the universe, the cosmos, um, the earth, and animals, and the world. It discusses everything, and there's a reason for that. Okay, Other creation myths don't cover everything. Um, and one of the reasons it does cover everything is because its purpose was to tell the Israelites and us that there is only one God, and he created everything. So uh, jumping down to the last one, um, there is only one God, and, and this is the only account that I saw that did not discuss multiple gods. So there, sometimes there is a one giant God, and there are other gods that get spawned off of him, and sometimes there's just other gods all around, but there's always more than one God. There is not just one God. Uh, in fact, I was talking with a friend yesterday about this, and uh, she said, well, yeah, but the Egypt, in Egypt there is a story of a uh, Pharaoh who believed in just one God. And, and, and that, that is true to an extent, but it's not the full truth. There's no real indication that he didn't believe in other gods in addition to that, but that he believed in one creator God, and, and, we're, and that creator God was the sun. And so there's, there's still not what we're talking about, a God of outside of everything who creates things. So, so there is only one God. Um, and again, the description is of an actual historical event that's presented in a straightforward manner, and it is much, much closer to what a modern scientific description of what happened than any other account. You will not find another account that agrees so well with science, okay? Now, people say, well, yeah, but it has inaccuracy. It doesn't include everything. We need to, that's part of the interpretation of Genesis. I disagree with that. I, I, I don't think that Genesis is actually written as a scientific, in fact, I know it was not written as a scientific text because there was no such thing as written scientific text back then. <laughs> so, so you're trying to impress a, a, a format and a, an intent that wasn't even there onto a text written literally 3,500 years ago. At the beginning, really, again, there was the Iron Age, this is at the Iron Age, as far as uh, people making implements, the, the emergence of a real civilization in Egypt and such. And you're trying to impress on that something that it was never meant to do. Now, is it wrong? No, it's not wrong. Accu it's accurate scientifically, but the intent was not to explain uh, DNA and, and uh, species, uh, um, maybe divergence and stuff like that. It was never its intent. And so... To try to make it say that is, is, again, I think to misuse scripture, okay? It's not, it's, but, but what it says is 100% accurate, and we'll talk about that um, as we go on in here. So, but I just want to make it clear that this account is not like other creation accounts. When you hear about other creation accounts, and you hear someone say, oh yeah, there's just a story in Genesis, and it's like all the other creation accounts, that is not true. And the people who have said it have not studied the creation accounts, okay? And the ones that, the few that have maybe that would say something like that, they're reading it from a very biased standpoint. They're, you know, um, one, one thing I used to tell my, I used to teach a youth study, and we did Genesis occasionally. And one of the things I, I would challenge the youth to do, is to, and I would challenge you to do, is you think you can write a better scientific description of the creation of the world in one page 
go ahead and try it, okay? Because all the things you're saying that's missing from this Genesis account is missing from it because there's not time to go into it all, and that's not of interest of God, what he's trying to do. So, so what is the intent of Genesis chapter 1? We're going to get to that, okay? That's, but I want, I want to let you know, I, I don't want to... Um, okay, so maybe it is a good time to go into what the intent of Genesis 1 is. Genesis 1 is about the creation of mankind. It is not about the creation of the world. The creation of the world are the props and the background of a stage that mankind and, and God play out the drama, okay? And, and the intent of Genesis 1 is to set the stage and to set the stage for the Israelites so they know that there is one God who has created everything. That is what Genesis 1 is about. Now, the fact that it reveals scientific understanding of, of how things you know, came about and how things uh, uh, grew on the earth and stuff like that is beside the point. The point is when they were at Mount Sinai, exiting from a land of Egypt that was the superpower, the superpower of the world, with multiplicity of gods, which had been mocked at by the plagues that God had visited on them. The plagues mocked the gods of Egypt, and they went out, and, and Genesis 1 is God saying, I am God alone, and I created everything. And so you'll see, remember that, because the point is, there is one God, and he created everything. And if you understand that key, you understand why Genesis is written the way it's written, Genesis 1. So, so first we, see, we go into uh, Genesis uh, 1, 2, creation, and then and God said. So we're actually, I, I want to take this, you sh- if you have not taken time, you should pause now and read Genesis chapter 1 in its entirety. Uh, I'm not a very good reader. I, I tend to think when I'm reading and I can get it off into other things. So so go ahead and listen to Genesis chapter 1 as a whole, so you can come back and listen to these sections. Um, but let, let's read this. Uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now I'm going to stop right there and, and note several things. Okay, the word created is the word bara. You will hear it mentioned uh, several times. It's basically creation from nothing, ex nihilo. So, so something is created from nothing. And, and this word is used five times in Genesis chapter 1. It's used here, when God created the heaven and earth. It's used four other times. Um, and you'll see why it's used and where it's used. But it's a very important term to understand. Uh, other times, God says, let the earth bring forth plants and vegetation. Um, and, and again, there was some controversy, but the word let it bring forth does not mean creation from nothing. Okay? It, could, God for, it could be God forming it from the earth, or it could be the earth itself bringing forth. There, there's ambiguity there. But when it says create it, bara, it means something from nothing. Okay? And so he created it, uh, the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I included this next verse here. Um, and we're going to discuss it because it's day one, but I want to also say, I want to also include, and God said, okay, because here you actually have a picture of the Trinity, God the Father uh, as creator, um, and the Spirit hovering over the deep, the water of the deep, and then God said, the Word of God being Jesus, uh, speaking the Word and creating things. And so we see that in this creation now, um, the, the Trinity working together, 
Uh, that's going to come into play later on, but, but it's a little hidden here, but it, but it is here. The other thing I want to also emphasize is the fact that verses 1 and 2 are basically a preparatory statement. In other words, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That means the entire cosmos. And then he goes in the earth, then he goes down onto the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. Okay, there have been people that say this might have been uh, chaos, that there was a prior world and God destroyed it and it was chaotic. There's no indication of that at all. I mean, you can read into anything what you want into gaps, okay, but there's nothing in the light that. So God created the cosmos, and the earth is sitting here without form and void because. God is going to form it, okay? You get the picture of almost like a master potter um, sitting there hovering over the face of the earth in, 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 in an attempt, in, in the beginning to do something creative, okay? So, so God is pictured, and, and, and again, God is pictured as a, uh, not as a superman, but as a, um, uh, it, 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 the structure is of a workman going about his work, okay? And so God is here, the, the Spirit of God is hovering over the face of the waters, and God says, let there be light. And there was light. So God says something. So the words, so one of the things we see here um, is words and communication are very important, that, that uh, God's power is, is the ability to speak a word and make something happen. I will say um, that, and, and I don't want to get overly too deep and philosophical in all this, but, but the, uh, you will get um, our words have power. Our words have power that we don't really expect them to have. Okay, And we say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But that is absolutely a lie. Words do worse things than the, sticks and stones could ever do to people. Um, Better things and worse things, okay? And so words are important. And here we see God said, God spoke and let there be light and there was light. And God saw the light was good. So he created light and the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness and called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and morning of the first day. Uh, I, uh, so the, now the, the controversy comes up on are these 24-hour days, and I'm going to answer that real quickly. Uh, and if anyone wants to engage me in a conversation on this, you have my email address at the beginning, and I'm happy to talk to you about it. I'm not happy to listen to your viewpoint if you're not willing to interact on the discussion. Okay, so if you're just trying to set me straight, there's no chance that you, you're, you're going to get much, well, because I'm not going to listen to somebody who doesn't want to listen in re reciprocity. But, but let me tell you what it says here. So the morning, evening and morning, the first day. Were they 24-hour days? Well, people pointed out that the sun and the moon don't get created until day four. And so it'd be hard for these to be 24-hour days because there was not a sun and moon to, to basically mark those times. Um, you also hear that um, any time in the Bible that the word yom, day, is mentioned with a number, it's always a 24-hour day. Well, I'm not going to argue with you on that except to say that the evidence is sort of sparse on this whole thing. But there is evidence in the, in the New Testament that when someone says, uh, just as Jonah will be in the belly, was in the belly of the well three days and three nights, so the Son of Man shall be in the belly of the earth three days and three nights. And Jesus was not in the belly of the earth three days and three nights. 
The three days and three nights are a poetic reference to three days. And he was in there three parts of days. He was in there Friday evening, all day Saturday, and then Sunday morning. He was not in three days and three nights. So I'm just telling you, be careful what you say scripture has to say. Could it be 24 hours? I'm not arguing it could be. I'm just saying that I don't know that scripture teaches that, okay? And, and, and you saying that if you don't believe that, then you don't believe the Bible, that's a lie, okay? It's just a lie, okay? You can believe that this may not have been 24-hour days without saying the Bible's a lie or that this is a story, a fiction story. I believe that it could have been days, 24-hour days. I don't believe it has to be that. I don't know that the intent of the writer was to show that. So let's just leave it at that. Again, if you want to interact, we can interact on that. I actually had uh, a person who uh, had their kids come to our study that were really growing uh, quite well and, and encouraged and found the study the best input they had in their lives, in Christian life. And when uh, we talked about this, they, their parents forbade them to come anymore because I was a heretic in their sight. So I'm just saying this is not the stuff to split fellowship over, okay? It's just not there. Um, so I also wanted to compare this. So the, I, this is one of my this morning things I was telling Jose um, and Bob this morning. I thought, oh, I'm going to put in John 1, 1 here because it says, so you see that John 1 begins the same way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so I was saying, this, John picks this up because he is trying to show that Jesus is God. This is the whole thing. And so he starts it the same way. The Gospel of John is about a book about Jesus being the Son of God. Um, but then I also notice all things were made through him and without him anything, not anything was that was made, and in him was life, and the life was the light, light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So, in, in uh, Jesus is the light of the world, okay? And it just as light was the first thing created, so when Christ came on earth, the first thing, the noting was that there was light, and light exposes darkness. And so Christ came and did that, and so Christ is involved in creation as the creator, Okay, it says all things were created through him. And yet he is also, in a sense, a part of creation. Not, not that he himself is the light, but that the light come, emanates from him. And so that light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Because Christianity, uh, not per se Christianity, but Jesus Christ has overcome the world. And his light shines through our lives, through the Holy Spirit. And so uh, we do get that. I just want you to see that. Uh, and I want to now go through um, the first three days of creation. So, so we've covered a lot of ground. I want to review it really quickly. The, cre the Genesis account is a story, a background story, that's set up so that the Israelites and that we would understand that God created everything and that mankind is the focus and that it's also picturing God as a workman going through creating and furnishing things. And its intent is to show the Israelites that God created everything, and there's nothing that was not created by him. So having said that, we can look at the first three days of creation. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from darkness and called the day the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening and there was morning of the first day. And the next one, and God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it 
separate the waters from, wa from the waters, and God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters, and there was a, and there were above the expanse, and it was so, and God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. Uh, and God said, let the waters appear under the heavens, be gathered into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas, and God saw it and said it was good. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, planting, plants yielding seed, and fruits bearing fruit, in which, in which was their seed, each according to their kind, on the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth vegetation and plants yielding seeds according to their own kind and the trees bearing fruit which was in their seed each according to its own kind. And God saw that it was good and there was evening and there was morning the third day. So um, I want to uh, just um, cover these very quickly as a group. Um, and, and again, um, the purpose of the study is not to tear everything apart in detail. It's the purpose is to prepare you to be able to study this and tear it apart in detail. Meditate on it and let the Holy Spirit inform you about what's going on here. Um, you will see, by the way, the first day does not include the creation of the cosmos. I, just as background, Genesis 1 says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was out without form of void. That was before day one. Okay, So the cosmos was already created. So day one talks about light and darkness, it does not talk about the creation of the cosmos. The cosmos is already there, okay? And so he says, let there be light, and he saw that there was light, and he separated it from the darkness, and there was night and day. Those are, that's the universe, the, the, the heavens, not the heaven, and not heaven, but the heavens. Um, and God created, the, the heavens that have been created now have light and darkness. And they too he says, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters. And what he's doing there is he's actually separating the waters below, the seas, from the waters above, the clouds and stuff, with the atmosphere. That's the expanse he's talking about, the atmosphere. So the, the, the second day, he, the first day he creates the, the, um, the, the, uh, the cosmos, so to speak, with the, the light and the darkness, the universe comes into play. The second day... He uh, takes about he separates the waters out. So now there's atmosphere and seas, okay, and the clouds above with the rain. And the third day, uh, he makes the dry land come out of the sea, okay. And so there's now, so, and then he says, with the dry land, let it bring forth fruit and vegetation, okay. So so there's an argument here again, often about young Earth, old Earth, uh, creationists and evolutionists and stuff, um, but. Uh, God does not create, say, a uh, direct creation of the, of the vegetation and stuff. He says, let the earth bring forth. So I do think there is room here for a thought of evolution on this. And in my opinion, uh, what we see as evolution now is, is what I would call God's broken paintbrush. In other words, what we, we call evolution now has is, is, is been twisted by the fall. And we see awful, terrible things happening. We see millions of years being created. Uh, required for just incremental changes and stuff like that. I'm not sure that was that could have been true before the fall, but I don't know. This is the point. I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> no one knows except God. <laughs> okay, and and so hold on to those beliefs lightly because they're not what Scripture teaches. Okay, so so God created them individually. Fine. God, there was some some way He let nature bring that forth fine too. Um, uh, there are 
mountains uh, worth dying upon. And I will, I will tell you that the creation of man is a special event, and man did not evolve from apes. And we're going to talk about that later, and maybe this lesson or the next one, depending on how if I tie this one up right now. But, but the, but the, um, the point is, is that um, here we just don't know. Okay, so we get we get God doing the first three days, and He's creating all the living spaces. Okay, so um, He creates the the cosmos. He creates the atmosphere and the waters, and he creates the land. So he goes from great to, to more in depth and to the focus on the land. And that ends the third day of creation. Um, I am actually going to stop here and just pick up on a next lesson so you can just carry on on that. But in case people want to have um, shorter lessons to listen to, we'll do here. And I'll do a running start at this point to get going into the next one. So let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the time we have. We thank you for your watching over us. We thank you for your love to us and the fact that you, um, you, d you delight to satisfy our curiosity, but not always uh, giving us the full answers because you delight in us trusting you also and just having faith and understanding that you did indeed do everything. And some of these things we just don't understand. Hopefully one day we will, but, but again, Lord, uh, we, we, we don't know what you have for us right now, except to trust you and love you and to understand that you are creator of all. And for that, we thank you. And we pray these things in your name, Jesus.